It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Talk Recorded live. Welcome, everyone, to yet another interview on the Ludini Rock and Roll Circus. We've been doing this interview series here for a few weeks now, and uh, we're getting a lot of great response. So I know how much you guys love it. You can't wait to hear who's going to come on and give you some great uh, nuggets of information about uh, the music business and what you can do to uh, get yourself out there and make things happen. Today, I am talking with Anne Layton. Uh, Anne Layton, uh, her byline is media, music services, and motivation. Uh, among uh, a host of things that she does, uh, she's also the, uh, known as the working gal rock and roll poet. She's published uh, a few books. She's worked with a lot of artists. Uh, many of them you guys will know, like uh, Martin Barr from Death uh, they just it just went out of my head. Jethro uh, Tall. <laughs> okay. And uh, we've got a Gentle Giant, uh, Magic Dick, Grand Funk Railroad, uh, Ian Anderson of Jethro Tall as well, the Smithereens. So, so a lot of um, artists you guys have heard of. Uh, Anne has uh, been able to work with and do some really great stuff. Anne Layton, welcome to the Ludini Rock and Roll Circus. How are you today? I'm wonderful. I'm having a great day, and I feel incredibly functional. So, oh, functional go. is good. Yes. <laughs> so, tell, take us back. How did you get started in the uh, in the music business? I think it was just what I was propelled to do. The, the, even before I went to college, I was trying out for the local radio station in high school. And when I got to college, I went to the community radio station um, the end of my first year, and I got an internship there. And um, the, the rest is is one foot after another, and um, it's a joyful experience. And here we are. Here we are. Wow. Okay. I, I think it's thirty five or forty years later. I seventy five, seventy four ish. Uh, so, so what know. is it exactly um, that you do? Uh, what did you? It, um, what is exactly that you do? Like you're, you're, I'm reading your uh, your bio here. It says, believes that artists can work within their own means by creating their own career opportunities. So exactly how do you work with artists? What exactly do you do? Give us a little bit of information. As, I mean, as some of it is serious heavy lifting where you're trying to get the gigs going and, and you're trying to get um, a momentum going for indie artists. And, and it's slightly, it's much different when you're building an independent artist. Um, for 11 years, I built Jan Close's career from nothing. Okay. And now he just signed with a Hollywood manager and is touring in South Africa and um, hanging out with uh, the percussionist from Meredith Vieira show, and he's also in the E Street Band and all that stuff. And so he got there. He got on the map, and he's playing with all these people. Um but what happened was initially it was making phone calls, calling everybody I knew, 
making new contacts. It's not, I have a line that it's not what you know, but who you know. And if you don't know them, go out and meet them. And that's the truth. And some of those people are receptive and some aren't. You just never know until you knock on a door. So it is making a lot of calls. It, it, it's going back to people who passed. Uh, one of the people that was a great ally of his was um, um, ended up to be the folks that booked uh, uh, Woodlawn, 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 Woodbridge Wednesdays in New Jersey. Um, and it's the same person that booked Outpost in the Burbs. And basically, initially I pitched them on him early on. They passed. And then years later, I pitched him again. There were new people working there. And the same thing happened with WFUV um, with his last album and so on. So it's And there's a, uh, uh, like 500 more examples that I could just point to from specifically his career but all that repetition, all that building ended up getting the person known. So there you are. It's 10 years later, um, and, and that's how you build a career. So, so, your, so your approach is to create relationships with maybe the sort of, uh, I don't know what I want to call it, gatekeepers or the people that are maybe kind of like a few steps up uh, beyond the artist so that they can kind of, it's one of the Work approaches. Yeah, it's one approach. I mean, there are the artists also. I mean, Joe Denenzone, um, that's an, the other artist whose career we both built together. And he, Joe did a lot of his own heavy lifting. Jan didn't at that point because he just didn't know how to. Right. Um, Joe Denenzone has always been pretty gregarious, and um, he has really excellent people skills. Um, and um, that's his strength. Um Definitely not Jan's strength, but Joe. Do you would... find that's an issue? Do you find that's an issue with a lot of musicians? Is like, yeah, because because a lot of us are like on stage. We are like we we rule it. But when you get me in a you get us in a situation where we've got to like call somebody on the phone or talk to somebody, we mumble, we look at the floor. Yeah, you have to work on that. You have to work on <laughs> that. I mean, it didn't. It took Jan twelve years to get it right, and he still um, has. You know, he's growing. He's growing on that, but it's. Honestly, Ian Anderson, who everybody knows, or John Hall from Orleans, all those guys have amazing people skills. And they're day-to-day talking to people they've never talked with before. It's not just a gatekeeper. I mean, what you just said, you're performing on stage. I mean, Joe Denzone is magnanimous with the fans. He goes to the kids. He talks with them. He knows how to... Uh, make them feel good and listen to them, and because he's such a great communicator, it it also comes through on stage, and it is a listening skill, and you do have to work on it off stage. You know, some artists would be a lot further in their careers if they had good people skills. It's when you meet a fan, you go. Um, Instead of saying, what job do you have, and you find out that the fan has a job, let's say cutting hair, you don't walk away from that fan. You 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 get to know that fan. You know, did you ever cut anyone famous's hair? Um, how many haircuts do you do a day? Oh, you're, you're a haircutter. I'm a musician. You know, we both are artists. We both have to please both a haircutter and a musician. You have to please you have to lift up your customer. The musician just has more customers at the same time for one hour. 
the hair cutter has <laughs> a good way of putting it. They got more customers at one time. I like that. Yeah. You know. So so how does okay? This is a great topic. I didn't have what like I said. We were just going to talk. Listen, baby. <laughs> so so how does somebody develop this? I mean, are are, are there? I mean, like, what would you tell somebody to it's do? It's goal setting. It's like who? Wh- wh- where are you now in your career? Where do you want to be in six months? Where do you want to be in six years? Okay, so in six months, I mean, where you are now, where you want to be in six months. Um, I'm not sure that you're going to headline Madison Square Garden in six months, you know, unless I don't, I, I don't know. You, I don't know, you know, but most people, I mean, I'm looking at Courtney Barnett's climb, um, and six months ago she was, uh, program directors were getting her CD and going, yeah, I'm evaluating it. And the hipster people were getting her CD She's not yet headlining Madison Square Garden. She headlined um, maybe a three to seven hundred person venue, or she's she's on the bill of a lot of these festivals now in this summer, six months later. And two years ago, she was, she, and she's still on an indie label in America. And two years ago, she was also on the same indie label because they heard that voice, they heard that songwriting, that they heard those guitar chops. And they knew that there was something that nobody had, you know. So um, it was step by step. And probably what happened was, well, what probably what happened was she released her record on her own and she kept knocking on doors in America and seeing who might let her play here or someone would distribute her record. And there were enough people that said yay in, in the formative thing that they helped her, you know. It's a, it's, difficult and then most artists will probably try to find gigs most artists are not going to have that many allies out of the bat get out right. of the gate and a lot of those allies didn't have money per se but they had belief and that was more valuable as than money and now you know i don't know if she's broken even with her money because it, it is a team that's developing her but i'm pretty sure that in with the next album she will you know. Okay. No, no, no. Okay. So you bring up an interesting topic here because you said you know uh, get get her album, get her music distributed. What right. are you talking about there? Because I mean, I, I mean, I don't really see a lot of record stores. Yes, I know there is a niche market for uh, for vinyl. Yeah. Uh, that, that's out there. But, blah, blah, blah. but an artist, an artist like this, how does? Uh, what are we talking about getting distributed? How, well, how, it's what, not just distribution. It's also getting uh, one or two people at least to promote you. Um, you know, I sort of laugh when somebody says, "Oh, I've signed to this little label and pick a pick a pick a your uh, a foreign country." I've signed to this little label in Japan, okay. and um, and the label says that they have international distribution. Okay, so mm-hmm. with this distribution, that means you're getting the product in stores in Poland. Is that what this international distribution of this Japanese label means? How many CDs are they really pressing up? How much money are they spending on it? Not much to press up the CDs if you're an indie artist. And then, like, maybe there may be three stores throughout Poland that are going to carry one CD just in case it sells, just in case somebody from the Internet discovers you. But there is nobody working that CD in Poland. And there is nobody trying to find you a gig 
in Poland that's based in Poland. You know what I'm saying? So are you so saying these, like, these micro-labels just don't really have, uh, they're not really worth it? Is that what you're sort um, of saying? Unless, unless you have real allies set up there, it's not worth it. Okay. I mean, it, 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 it's, a, it's a wing and a prayer, and it's hopeful. You know, and I keep trying and knocking on doors for, you know, things that can be developed. And if I'm not, then, well, maybe the, the, the way is to get free music, uh, to get your music in a soap opera in um, Europe, in Poland, and um, whether or not you make money on it. You know, get that song placed on a TV show or a movie in Poland um, if someone's willing to do it even for free. You know, because they're not going to do your whole catalog. You can supply three or four songs that they can use. Right. You know what I mean? Just something that, okay, the only ally I have in this country is someone that's willing to promote it or find gigs. Okay, if someone's willing to find gigs, then maybe we can do something. But if I'm booking my artists in the UK and I haven't been able to develop anybody there to help build him, it's going to be really hard, you know. Yeah. Um so so okay, so how does so so you so you book an artist in Europe, okay, but you can only do this if you really have You've made some connections. You've laid some groundwork. These people yeah. know you. They're like, okay, yeah. So Anne calls up and says, yeah, uh, 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 I, I, I don't know. Flypaper is awesome, and mm-hmm. you need to. They yeah. need to be. They need to be on tour. Okay. So we. So we say sure. And so we're going to promote Flypaper because you've created a relationship, right? With uh, with X amount of people over there in in, in the in the business. Is, is this what? Is this how how it sort of works? It's, that's exactly how it works. And the thing is, the artist has to also be his own best salesperson. And if the artist is going there and you know not working with an audience and not getting along with people um, or not lifting up the audience, I, I'm going to be doing this till I'm blue in the face and not building anything. You know, so it's it's the combination of the artists and the allies that are, come there. But if I can't get an ally to support this artist, you know, it, it, it's it's blah. Um, and gonna, then mm-hmm, and then each each country has their own rules. The UK is amazing because the UK, if I can get the press excited about an artist, then I can build a career there. So that's almost. And if the artist is willing to go there twice a year, let's say. Okay, let me let me because you well you've hit so many things that I want to talk about. It just the last two sentences. <laughs> how you said you said if I can get the press excited about an artist, how in the do UK, you go, yeah. How, how do you get how do you get the press excited in the UK about an artist? Sending up follow ups and and saying what do you think? What do you think? What do you think? And it's almost started to happen for Emily Hurd, but there were some limitations to her scheduling. But we had enough between Maverick Magazine and uh, a couple that I can't remember. They liked her. Luzanne Knott, who I, who I did a little bit of publicity for years ago, she got the ultimate, for that time, ally in the UK, which was whispering Bob Harris. He fell in love with her music. So she has almost carte blanche where she can go to the UK a couple of times a year and the fans love her there. You know, and she's very magnanimous. She's a star. Was um, not. 
Okay, okay. So let me, let me, uh, artist XYZ comes out. And they've got they're a good band. Okay, they've got a good they've got a good they did a good record. Um, they're doing most of the stuff right in terms of you know uh, the the music. The music's good. It's uh, you know every, every, everything's good. They got a look. They got everything. Okay, but they don't have they don't have any as you call them allies. How does the, how does X Y Z start the process of creating allies? There's different ways. I mean, it may be there may have they may have one or two fans that are really great communicators that so believe in the band that they would do it. Another way is to keep approaching industry people in that market or people that are money people in that market. Sometimes if you have a money person on your side, you can um, choose a good promoter to work with you. Um, a lot of these. Um, Industry people can, if they like an artist, but they don't have the funding to develop an artist, and the artist comes by and says, I have funding, here's $2,000 a month, can, for the next six months, can you find me gigs in the UK? And then when it comes time to promoting them, can you promote those gigs for that two times six, $12,000, or for $6,000 total, can you... Um, find me gigs and promote them in the UK and understand that the types of gigs that you're going to get, um, you know, until you really know how to master building an audience and, and the artist has to do that, you're going to get little coffee shops, you know, and and you just try to and get people out. You go to people's places with your guitar and try, you know, and... Say I'm I'm want to play in your office, you know things like that. You do street singing. I'm serious. Okay, okay, no, okay. Let me back up because you, again, you hit on a bunch of stuff that um, mm-hmm. uh, I, that I that want to cover. First of all, you mentioned f- finding a money person. Mm-hmm. What's a money person? Um, get a job. <laughs> Basically, <laughs> you either get a job or if you can find an investor, great. But I mean, most of us try. To, most of us are spending our own money to build our career. Oh, so wait a minute. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Let me back up. Let, let me let me let me get this back because there's a lot of people I know. You know, they they will buy. They will spend five thousand dollars on a uh, uh, a reissue Gibson Les Paul fifty nine reissue, but they right. will not spend five dollars to promote themselves to invest in anything in the career. So you're saying. That this is a novel idea, folks. If you're listening, uh, you might want to take some money and invest in the actual business side. Is that yeah, what you're saying? Yeah, yeah. You're, yeah, you no. can't be saying something ridiculous like that. I, I can't believe you would say something so crazy. <laughs> well, we're calling buying a, 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 a vintage guitar uh, as crazy, but uh, it's not. It's it's you know you do have to figure out what you want to spend your money on and. And live with it, <laughs> you know. Right, and, right. But what I'm, I guess the, the point I'm trying to make is that, like, people think that that's really investing in their career when no. there's when when really you need to kind of yeah. You know, there's other there's a bigger picture. There is a bigger picture, and and <clears throat> we a lot of us promote most of us promoters are probably worth it. There is no guarantee for stardom. You do have to, but you do have to work with people. Really so, what, so as a promoter, 
Okay, because you because and um, I'm not trying to put you on the hot seat or anything like that. I'm just like trying to get because I think a, this is the whole world that a lot of musicians are just like clueless about. Um, so as a promoter, you said I promoted this band, I did this, I promoted these people. What you don't have to give us like all your secrets or anything like that, but just I'm give us a because, <laughs> give us a few things that you do so people have an idea of what exactly you know in terms of day to day type work or. Tasks that you would do for an artist. Um, you know, it 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 varies. I mean, sometimes I come in and people have needs right away. Usually Mondays is like the hardest day to <laughs> end work. You know, so um, I don't go out Mondays um, usually unless it's important. Um, you know, but um, it is setting goals. Saying, okay, the artist is at this point in his career, in the next six months he wants to be there, in the next 18 months he wants to be here, for the next you know year and a half, I have to work on gigs coming up in the next six months. Some of them I have to contact the media for. And in the next 18 months I have to work with um, promoters to find gigs for them. Or I have to, you know try to find, in some people's cases, because they're going to be touring a lot, I'm looking for record labels or booking agents for some people, because this year I actually took on two big new artists that I'm responsible for a lot for, which is um, Phoebe Legere and Martin Barr. Um, Both of them, we have a lot of responsibilities as far as building their career and, you know, finding certain allies. And then I have Joe Denon's own, who I've been working with for the past almost six by the, years. By the way, I, I want, by the way, I wanted to tell, just make say this right here, because you mentioned him a few times now. He is absolutely freaking awesome. Um, he is. I, I listened to that track that you sent me. We're going to play it on the next uh, music edition that we do here. Um, I was like, wow, <laughs> absolutely blown away by that. That's very, very good. You guys are in for a treat when I with that thing up, but, but to continue. Yeah, no, he is like, I mean, the Cleveland Plain Dealer, which is now Cleveland.com, uh, just wrote seven reasons why you need to see Joe in concert tomorrow, uh, on uh, July 26th, um, doing a jazz show, and he's a jam band artist, but Joe also does jam band and jazz and folk uh, and duo stuff, and He's just, he is basically the guy on the prog scene, and he is the violinist right now, and he will always be the best, best friend that I've ever had in the entire world. Well, great. Yeah, he's just magnificent. He's a, a, and he's a great daddy, too. He's a father. So, so, okay, so, okay, so, okay, he's your, so you guys are tight. Does, how much does that play into it? I mean, I'm, I don't mean to get too personal, but like, if somebody's like very cool with you and you just really have a good rapport with him, does that make it make you like make it easier for you to kind of communicate to to the people yeah, that you want to help them? Yeah, it does. It really does. I mean, I've worked with people that are negative and unhappy and all that stuff, and I've worked just as hard, may you know, just as hard to get them somewhere, but what when you start creating drama and start causing trouble, you're you're taking your promoters away from the goal, you're driving them crazy. <laughs> I remember working with Magna Carter and there was this guy who he's not that big in his career, but he's played with various people but he's never gotten that big and the guy was yelling at me for not getting him interviews and sending nasty emails and um, the guy that ran the record label said, you know, you don't have to work on him if you don't want to. 
And it mm. was like, oh, <laughs> I don't Good. have to. <laughs> well, then I won't. <laughs> you know. Yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah, I have a uh, I have a, a mentor uh, friend of mine who uh, always says, you know, it, yes, it's good to be at the right place at the right time, but it's better to be the right person at the right place. Yeah, at the I mean, right time. I yeah. said I said this in a recent radio interview. Our job is to lift people up as artists, as performers. My job as a as a career builder, if you will. Um, it's to lift people up, and it's not to break people down. Yes, I do have to give feedback to people, and that's another thing. When somebody is impossible to work with, and you're trying to give feedback to them, it doesn't come. It does. It's not heard. You don't. You, it, you have. Uh, it's like talking to um, uh, you know a great intimidator. If, if it's like if I'm in a room with Donald Trump and and with Richard Branson, and I have to give constructive feedback to both those guys, Donald's temper, forget it. It's going to be really difficult to give perfect feedback to him. Whereas Richard, he's going to listen to me. He's going to take what I say and take it to heart, and and he'll come back stronger and wiser. He both of them may be upset with things that I say to them, but at the end of the day, and it takes. It takes 24 to 36 hours for feedback to weigh in and develop in somebody's head hmm. because they have to um, dissect it in their way. And it takes, so it takes two days. It takes a day and a half. Um, but Donald Trump is going to get all huffy over my feedback and it'll go in one ear and out the other. Um, Richard Branson's going to get what I'm saying. And he will go. I, you know what? I'm going to process this. I will. I will work on this. You know. And then he'll adapt it and innovate it in his way, and as Donald would. And but you know, it, it's what they that what they're willing to take. So yeah, if somebody's a schmuck to work with, <laughs> not only are they going to you know mess with your time, but you're you're not going to be able to give them the best feedback that they can get because they're on this rampage all the time. So, okay, let, okay, all right. Um, if somebody wants to work with you, mm-hmm. okay, what's the process? How do they get involved with you? Um, or, or are you interested in working with anybody or are you like, no, I, I've got enough? Well, actually, you know, what happened this last year was I started working with a publicity firm in New York City called um, Efficient Immediate Effective immediately, PR. I can't believe I went blank. I'm friends. Isha, I couldn't e- remember Jethro Tall, so don't feel bad. <laughs> okay. Ishai Gazit's a friend of mine. So what's happened is basically be, one of the things that ha- when you start opening um, up more things in the universe, it starts coming back to you. So people will get in touch with me and say, oh, I need you for a PR campaign. Um, and it's the PR campaign is happening exactly when Ian and Martin are on tour. Well, um, let me work with my partners on this, and I'll. Right. Give, and so what I do is orchestrate with them. Um, but yeah, the best thing to do is connect with me. Let me know, and we'll talk about find out what your goals are, and we'll have real actual meetings. We'll talk about what what I'm going to call your assets, meaning where you are in your career and how to build it. You know, and what, like if the band doesn't tour that much, what are other avenues that we can use to develop them? 
you know, and also what they're, and then we also have to explain to them really what, you know, we we have to get them to recheck their expectations too. It's like, well, I'm not willing to tour that much unless I get some great dates and such and such. And it's like, oh, honey, <laughs> Joe Denonzone, I mean, Joe Denonzone would get these um, optimistic dates, let's say, in some markets. And, you know, because at, you know, six, seven years ago when he was playing in Toledo and uh, Cleveland and so on, he wasn't Joe Denonzone, the violin master with a violin book and things like that. You know, six or seven years ago, he was, and he still is in some markets in a jam band. You know, that's the truth. I'm not going to lie. But he's still the, he is like the, he is the violin master. He's the violin guy. Okay. How does, um, uh, I just, I, there's so many questions I want to ask you. How, okay. Mm-hmm. Somebody, somebody's got, how do, okay, let me back this up. How does a band, who is relatively unknown? They're just getting started, okay. And they say to you, you know, we, you know, we really, you know, we really want to progress. We, you know, in the next year, um, and they're willing to tour. How how do we how does a in this day and age how does a band afford to tour when they don't have like a record label sponsoring their tour? Right. Well, you got to keep a low ev- overhead, and, and record label sponsorship is is kind of not where it used to be. In yeah. 2015, <laughs> no. Um, so you work within your means. I mean, what is often recommended is to do weekend ja- jaunts in um, a circumference that makes sense from your okay, okay. So, so we're not t- when you say a band is uh, is going to tour. You're like uh, you understand that that could possibly mean that like they leave Friday and come back, you know, Sunday night or Monday morning or something like that. Correct. Okay. Yeah, and that's reality. And that's how I would say a lot of. I mean, I'm looking at tour dates for many of these independent. I mean, I I, I was looking at John Oates's tour dates last year. I was studying him because we were, you know, getting. I got Jan and him connected in, on a couple of levels, and Jan opened for one of his shows. And then there was a promoter in the mid Midwest and like Bloomington Normal that wanted to work with John Oates, who I I don't work with John. But I would study his tour dates, and it, it felt like most of his tour dates, solo dates, were like Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. Or Sunday was a travel day, and maybe he did something Tuesday or Wednesday with Daryl somewhere. Right. You know, so that's also reality. So it's not like it was, like, I mean, well... For most no. artists, like new artists or, or indie artists, like the the typical picture that you uh, of like the, the touring rock acts in the seventies and eighties, where you know you went on these you know tours for months and months and months, and you know you're going out, you're coming back, now you're going out, you're coming yeah. back, you're going out, you're coming back. Well, probably the more famous artists tour that way, like you know if you're you too, Madonna, Lady Gaga, right, right. But look, 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 look. You two is only playing Madison Square Garden now. They're yeah. not playing Giant Stadium. Yeah, you get it? Right. Yeah. So they you know <laughs> oh, well, and, and, they're and only part, playing Madison and, Square and Garden. There's, and there's markets for everything. I mean, this is another thing I'd like to maybe kinda of talk about because I was looking if you look at your roster, it's a pretty eclectic mix of music. Um so I mean just because an artist isn't performing a uh 
a mainstream style of music it isn't doesn't necessarily mean that they're they're destined to not have a good career right that's true that that's absolutely true i mean that's one of the things i mean that i've got with joe denon's own where yeah on certain levels, jam band, prog rock is mainstream, but on other levels, it's just kind of like uh, he's he is that violin guy, and he does these sessions, and he's working his, for to support other people with his chops. Okay, you know, but he's got this. a career, right? Okay, so you bring up something else. Now, if somebody is also a good instrumentalist, like mm-hmm. Joe, um, this, does this are you able to work with them to kind of like maybe place them? Uh, in other situations, like working with other artists or something like probably that, probably if I, you know, probably if I didn't have any clients at this point, uh, mm-hmm. I would be able to do that. But um, that's not something you do. You, yeah, I mean, the, it's it's something more so that Joe does for other violinists, <laughs> uh, gotcha. other string players. But um, because he gets gigs and he can't take them, you yes. know. But I mean, there have been a couple of times where I've referred, um, like a Jewish wedding guy to Joe and his friends. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> but they made money. It's a Jewish wedding. Hey, what do you hey. want? <laughs> oh, hey. Did they make money? So, yeah, I mean, there, there is that. There is, um, you know, a, a certain amount. But, yeah, you you can do that. The other thing is I, 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 there's a bunch of us who are receptors that once in a while somebody may say, hey, I'm, you know, like Jim McCarty was looking for a basis and and for the Yardbirds, you know, and he ended up hiring Kenny Aronson, believe it or not, who has played with everybody. Um, um, and I discovered Kenny from Rick Derringer, but um, he was in, okay. yeah, but Kenny's got this amazing history, and now he's in the Yardbirds. And then somebody contacted me, and they said they were looking for a pedal steel player. And I wrote to a friend, and my friend said, write to Kenny Aronson. You know, and I'm like, Kenny plays pedal steel? You know, or steel guitar or something like that. So it was just kind of like, oh. And then Kenny recommended somebody instead because he couldn't do the job, or he was like, I recommend this guy is the best lap player or whatever. So it's just kind of like there is also that word of mouth thing where so-and-so is looking for a drummer or something like that. Right. Well, okay, so what is okay? Um, what is coming up for you? What's the big stuff on the horizon for you for your business uh, here in the next uh, in the next few months? What do you um, get people excited about? Okay, so um, please, I've got a new album from Blackmore's Night coming out on September 18th. Uh, uh, well, I got to ask you. I got to ask you because there's rumors going around that Richie is going back to playing rock. Is that true? Or, or you can't talk about it. Uh, no, I I don't work with Richie. Okay. I just work with Blackmore's Night. I mean, what oh, okay. I read in the read in this French magazine. Actually, I didn't read it in the French magazine. I read articles about this French magazine. Was that Richie was going to do a few days of this rock? Was thinking about doing a few days of this rock project. So that's okay. what I know. Okay. Okay. So, so Blackmore's Night has got got something coming up. I didn't mean to interrupt you. Go ahead. Yeah. No. No. It's all good. Um, all our yesterdays is the name of the album. There is a new video just up on YouTube called All Our Yesterdays, and you see Candace jamming with all the band members, and she's wonderful. And what a voice! Um, Brenton Woods. Speaking of great singing voice voices, um, he had that Oogum Boogum hit in the 1960s. 
and um, give me a little sign. And he's got a solo soul jazz album, old school, coming out. Okay. Um, I'm in love with his singing. I'm, I, I think he's charming to work with, too. And he's such a fine dresser. He does West Coast shows. Um, and I, I'm keeping my eye out for... With him, I'm actually... There's one or two things I want to try and help him with. I don't want to say too much. One thing that I am helping him with is um, he's got a couple of songs on this new um, CD that I think other artists could do. So I'm plugging some of those songs. Oh, okay, cool. Yeah, I plug songs. Um, Once in a while I work with Alex Boyer. He is... um, Right now, hot on America's Got Talent, he does covers of uh, pop songs, and he Africanizes them, and it's okay. just festive. So then in the fall, I've got Martin Barr and Ian Anderson doing solo dates in uh, the states. Okay, sounds like you got a lot going on. It's, we're gonna have to. Ha- I'm gonna have to have you back on to talk about your poetry and your your because you're an artist in your own right yeah. doing your own thing as well so Late. we're gonna have to get into that we're gonna have to get into that at another time um can you give us all can you plug it like all your plugs all your links and everything so that we can promote uh what you got going on well as far as the poetry goes yes i am coming out with a poetry book this um Late summer, it's called The Latent Explosion. My website will have info about that, and it also has links on the press release pages um, as well as the writer's page. So my website is A-N-N-E-L-E-I-G-H-T as in Tom, O-N as in Nancy, com. Okay. And uh, your blog, let's go ahead and plug that because there's more about your poetry and stuff there. That's uh, Working Gal Rock and Roll, very simple, at blogspot.com. Cool. Yeah, workinggalrockandroll.blogspot.com. Is that how it's done? I'm looking at it right now, so, yeah, that's what it is. Yeah, that's how it's done. Workinggalrockandroll.blogspot.com. And then I'm on Twitter um, at Leighton Media. L-E-I-G-H-T-O-N Media. Okay, so if you guys want to contact Anne uh, about anything she has going on, uh, please, you, there's there's all the links right there. We will go ahead and put them up on our blog, and we will put them on our YouTube channel as well. Anne, it was really awesome talking to you. Thank you, and um, all the best. All the best. Let's stay in touch, okay? Maybe we do it again. Yes, Lou, thank you. <laughs> all right, Anne. You have a great rest of the day. You too. Bye-bye. All right, bye-bye. Is it over? Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.